1: Now here's a highlight from Coast to
0: Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Radio. Tonight we're going to talk about something that is uh, kind of scary to a lot of people. Yeah. The dark side. Yeah. Well, I want you yeah. to explain what that is.
1: You know, it's interesting, Georgia, I've spent a lot of my career writing about positive mind mechanics and new thought and the uses of the mind for healing and the uses of prayer. But I came to feel this year that I had been neglecting the dark side, and there's power there and there's truth there and there's something there that we can't shut out. The serpent in the garden, so to speak, did bring knowledge to Eve, did bring knowledge to the human race, and there are some times where we can't shy away from the dark side. There's power, there's truth on the dark side, and for some of us, quite frankly, we reach a point in our lives where we're not sure we're praying in the right way. We're not sure we're making the right appeal. And there may be truths on the dark side that we can no longer hide from. And that's something that I've been looking into in my own life and been researching in other people's lives.
0: Does the dark side necessarily mean evil?
1: Not necessarily, you know, because, George, the fact is the dark is the womb. The dark is where things are born from. If it weren't for darkness, we wouldn't be able to see the cosmos with our naked eye in the night skies. Darkness is a natural part of life. It's not something that should be necessarily thought of as evil or fearful, but there might be a side of you, uh, sometimes it's called the shadow side, that you need to look into, that you need to honor. Maybe there's things you've been suppressing, that you've kind of pushed down into the darkness of your psyche, and these things need to be let out.
0: Are there dangers, though, of uh, dabbling in the dark side? You know, it's an interesting question, and I've thought
1: about that quite a bit. I think the greatest danger of all is kind of turning away from a vital, important part of ourselves. I think there's a much greater danger in living a life where we limit our search, where we limit our questions. Look, there's dangers all the time. Every day, every man and woman on Earth is involved in a whole variety of ethical decisions. Every day, we face decisions whether or not to gossip, whether or not to spread rumors, what kind of entertainment to participate in. We're faced with ethical decisions all the time. So yes, there are risks on the dark side, but there are risks all around us. And I really do believe it's a much greater risk to turn away from the dark and to limit the parameters of our search.
0: There's debate, of course, of what is God, who is God, and, uh, you know, there's also a group of people who are, you know, black mass supporters, they support yep. Lucifer the devil. Yeah. What What's their agenda? Are those all evil, bad people? Not in my experience, George.
1: You know, I used to turn away from things like, you know, veneration of Satan, veneration of Lucifer, and feel like I wanted absolutely no part of that trip, no part of those philosophies. But I took a deeper look and I really feel that some of the ideas that people who participate in Satanist or Luciferian philosophies really are worth looking at. They believe in rebellion, in nonconformity, in building up the individual, in reversing the religious dictum, thy will be done, to my will be done. There's a self-assertive quality to these people. Frankly, in my opinion, there's a beautiful artistic aesthetic that many of these people have interjected into the world. There is a certain scent, a certain whiff of danger there, but there's also a self-assertion, a self-determination. And I think that their work deserves a second look. I'm thinking in particular, for example, of Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, who died in 1997. Anton's book, The Satanic Bible, is one that I never really took seriously, but I changed my mind. I reread that book very, very carefully last year and this year, and I think there's important ideas in there about human striving, about human potential. Not everybody fits into a congregational religious structure, for people who are outsiders and who have felt alienated, some of the ideas that are emanating from the satanic, from work like Anton LaVey's, from work like Michael Aquino's, can be extraordinarily empowering, can be extraordinarily vigorating. I won't turn away from the dark side because I won't reject a question, and I feel like we are searchers, and that means searching everywhere.
0: Well, it, it does, but the, wasn't was Anton Levey Was he? Would you consider him evil?
1: No, I really wouldn't. I really? really wouldn't. I think he was an upstart. He was a musician. He was an artist. Uh, I think he was a self-styled troublemaker in the best sense. You know, we are rebels. We like to think of ourselves as rebels, as nonconformists, as people who just don't go along with the flow. In a way, that's the most important archetype in our country. That's the cowboy. That's the outlaw. You know, Anton LaVey was somebody who completely embraced uh, that archetype, that image. He wasn't an evil man. He was an extraordinarily creative man. He was a great artist, and uh, he lived by his own inner light, and, and I think there was greatness in the man, frankly.
0: We lost a great man uh, tonight, uh, this morning in England, uh, Stephen Hawking dies. Stephen Hawking, the, yeah. 76 years old, but what, what a great mind he has.
1: Yeah, unusual figure. You know, I, I knew people who had been associated with him, and they would tell me how in addition to his genius in addition to the to the 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 spark of of great insight and mental beauty that existed within the man he was completely unembarrassed about his disability he would absolutely not be embarrassed would not allow himself to feel psychologically limited by his disability and people were as impressed by that quality as they were by his intellect.
0: The fact that he lived so long in that condition is absolutely staggering.
1: Remarkable, remarkable. Lived with an artificial breathing machine uh, that was invented in Tel Aviv actually and he he was an extraordinary man. He demonstrated that there's so much to life that goes beyond the physical.
0: We were working on trying to get him on the program uh, oh, right? And we we got really close, and then we had a problem because apparently it takes him after you ask him a question, yeah. a good forty seconds or so to program and type his answers into his talking machine and mm-hmm. And because of that, we would have had uh you know, blank air for yeah. those forty seconds. Uh, I wanted to get him on the program live, of course. And, you know, we contemplated, well, maybe I should just tape him and then edit it and edit out those sounds. So we were right. working on something like that, uh, and then we've lost him. So uh, yeah. a great yeah. opportunity. Gone. Interesting.
1: In a world where we are so accustomed to instant gratification and to news traveling immediately over binary code... You know, here, here was a man who took an unusually long amount of time to answer a question. It, it was, it's a different way of life. It's a different measure of, of 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 timing and and portioning out one's time. He 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 was one of the most unusual figures of the past century in this.
0: And what a mind! Oh my yeah. gosh, he made you think. Yeah. That, that was you know for, you know I mean he said things like be wary of telling the universe where we are, because some extraterrestrials may not be friendly. I remember that well. He he was very
1: concerned about us being discovered by extraterrestrials rather than the other way around. He warned that you don't want to be the one who gets discovered. You want to be the one who's doing the discovery, which is another reason why I think no question can be left unasked, you know, because someone is going to ask it. Something's going to come looking for you if you don't go looking for it. He was also very concerned, of course, about artificial intelligence and the uh, possibilities that artificial intelligence might find the individual obsolete at some point.
0: You have something called the anarchic anarchic magic. What is that?
1: Yeah, I, I, I take it from the political theory of anarchy, which says that our most natural state as social beings, as political beings, is to be left alone, is to be left to our own devices, and anarchic magic means that you devise your own spiritual ideas and your own spiritual rituals, that you can participate in any religious idea, any religious ritual, any form of veneration, any form of practice, and you can start and stop these things as quickly and as naturally as you like. Sometimes leaving behind one religious philosophy and embracing another can bring you tremendous vigor and tremendous energy. Uh, When you embrace a new set of ideas, you often do so without prejudices, without limits, without preconceptions of what can and can't be done. And you might decide one day that you're going to perform a ritual from a religion, for example, that's completely alien to you, or that you're going to dispense with any kind of congregation or liturgically-based ritual, and you're going to invent your own. That's what anarchic magic is all about. It's bringing a spirit of anarchy to your own religious search, and the results can be just incredible, because you, you leave behind any sense of parameters, you leave behind any sense of limits, and your experiments become highly individualized. That's what I try to practice.
0: And you're a good guy, Mitch. I mean, so you don't dabble with evil things. I don't dabble with
1: evil things. I believe in loyalty, I believe in keeping your word, and I believe in abstaining from gossip or anything that does violence, verbal or otherwise, to other people. I believe in self-defense, but I think that the worst sin is limiting, forcibly limiting somebody else's striving for their own potential. As long as you're not forcibly limiting somebody else's striving for their own potential, by my lights, you're leading a good life.
0: Absolutely. Our dear friend Mitch Horowitz with us tonight. We're talking about the dark side. I guess, could you call it also the occult?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, I think that the the occult... Uh, uh, it's such a broad term. It really means the search for hidden knowledge. It means the hidden. It means the unknown. And there's parts of the occult that people sometimes refer to as white magic. There's parts of the occult that people refer to as black magic. But the truth is, I want to throw away those distinctions today. In the year 2018, for me, my journey is to throw away distinctions of white and dark magic, inner and outer, even good and evil. I want to ask, what is the end product? Is this productive? Is this forward of myself as an individual. And as long as I'm not disrupting the life of somebody else, I call it good. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight
0: at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.